0: Welcome to another episode of LA Confidential. My name is John C. Talese, and I write about the Super Bowl champion LA Rams for LAFBNetwork.com. It is a fantastic website. LA Confidential, much like all of our LAFB podcasts, is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today to use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe 50 that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now onto the show. I am joined once again for, I believe, your fourth time. He's the host of the Piecing It Together podcast. We are going to be talking about our fall uh, most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. Mr. David Rosen!
1: Thank you so much for having me back. I'm Please. excited to talk about some movies.
0: I know. Last time you were here, we did our a list of most anticipated movies for 2022, and that list has shifted because stuff has been punted to 23.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. We
0: lost Killers of the Flower Moon. We lost mm. Asteroid City. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's Asteroid City, yeah. And I think one or two other ones got shifted to 23, unfortunately.
1: Aquaman, how could you forget Aquaman? I know
0: my beloved Aquaman, <laughs> and then Shazam's getting punted too, so I had to knock that off the list.
1: hmm Yeah, <sighs> it's 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 hard to tell with anything with uh, Hollywood releases post-COVID. I mean, post
0: post Warner Discovery merger.
1: Oh, post that—that's <laughs> as big of a plague as anything.
0: I know. Like, good lord, <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen someone squander goodwill that quickly. Unbelievable. Like, seriously, not since Adrian Brody's Oscar win has goodwill been squandered so fast. (laughs) But luckily, there's plenty of stuff. I mean, we have TIFF and uh, Venice coming up at the end of the month and into Labor Day weekend, I think-ish. Yeah. So we'll know a lot more about some of the cool stuff that we think is coming out.
1: Yeah, I think two of my uh, picks here on my list are uh, premiering at TIFF.
0: I think three of mine. Mm. I think one, I'm not sure if one of them is a TIFF and a Venice or just a Venice. Mm Mm-hmm but um uh, so so far how have you felt about the year of 2022 movie wise
1: i i think it's solid um there's not a lot that uh is going to like i i feel like a lot of it's not going to be super memorable mm-hmm. um there there's really only a couple at the top of my favorites of the year list so far that I feel like are going to kind of stand the test of time. But I've enjoyed a lot of movies this year. There's a lot of, like, three-and-a-half-star movies on my list, you know? And so I wouldn't say it's a bad year. Um, I just, you know, going into, like, award season and stuff like that, it's not like I really have much uh, yet on my list, you know? So hopefully the end of the year is really going to be stacked.
0: I know. There's a lot of stuff I'm kind of behind on. Like, I'm one of the last four people on the planet that haven't seen Maverick for oh instance yeah. well it's been hard to go to the theaters this year and like my mm-hmm. wife doesn't like cruise so like wouldn't you know when we would go it wouldn't be for that and like yeah. i haven't had a chance to go by myself and i still haven't seen everything everywhere all at once like those are the mm-hmm. two big ones i'm missing plus nope sure. and a few others but i've seen i've enjoyed a lot i mean a lot of the streaming stuff has been sold like prey and the princess i've really enjoyed like i wish mm-hmm. those were theater movies
1: yeah for sure
0: Especially Prey, like, both of those feel like they would have been, you know, late August, late July hits that just kind of, like, carried into September a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: August was a desert.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing, though, like, you haven't seen Maverick, you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once, and you haven't seen Nope. Like, I don't know, this year would be pretty weak without those three. <laughs> I
0: know, it was, yeah. you would think, but there was stuff that, like, worked for yeah. me. Like, I liked X a lot, that was cool.
1: Yeah, X was good. I liked the, X.
0: I enjoyed the black phone. I know others hadn't, but, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm among the detractors on that one, but, uh,
0: yeah. I don't know. I think it just was one of those, like, it's like when you rent a movie, sometimes it's better than if you, like, paid to see it in theaters
1: because mm,
0: you didn't yeah. make the effort to, like, drive out. I'm like, you know what? It's on Peacock. It's a Saturday night. It worked. Yeah. It's sure. one of those. I mean, yeah. Chip and Dale was a surprise. We talked about on the, that on your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that... that... That was a movie that kind of came out of nowhere, too. Like, that, I don't think, was on any of our lists or anything like that.
0: No, it was one of those, like, well, I'll check it out, but yeah. I hadn't really any high hopes on it. I mean, the Bob's Burgers movie I really loved. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the show, and my daughter loved it, too, so it was nice to be able to share that with her.
1: Yeah, we, we have our, like, most anticipated movies that we're going to talk about, but I hope there's some things like that that just kind of pop up out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, where did that come from?
0: Mm-hmm. I liked you know. Fire Island a lot and Ambulance.
1: Yeah. Oh, Ambulance is great.
0: And of course, my favorite movie of the year thus far, and good luck beating it, Avatar Two is Jackass Forever.
1: Oh yeah, Jackass Forever is amazing, and I still haven't watched the uh, the Netflix semi sequel thing that they. Oh, the four point five. Yeah, they yeah. they would
0: do that with all of them. Like they would always be a DVD yeah. release of point five. This one is the only one though that I feel is the most worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? I mean, I know Jackasses have to be short by nature, but I'm like, wow, a lot of this stuff could have made it in, and there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff where they like how they did it because like. I think um, when they first started shooting, like that's when the first day of COVID. Yeah, like they get into that and like the logistics. I'm like, this is kind of fascinating, actually. Yeah. To I see like that. it's a, it's really for uh, as a as a curio of time. Like, oh, well so that's how they were able to navigate this, that, and the other. Like, and yeah. you know, their shoots is, is pretty much all outside stuff. And like, okay, how are you going to navigate it? And they took it seriously. Yeah. Which I give them credit for. No one was like, oh, this is stupid. Like, I have thrown myself off a building. I've gotten gored by bulls. I don't need to worry about this. They all, like, okay, well, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do.
1: They're smart dudes who just do really dumb stuff. Yeah,
0: so you'd be surprised, but they handled it a lot better than, you know, um, bigger people. Yeah. But anyway, um, for the like I said, Tiff and Avena uh, start at the end of the month, so that's officially the kickoff of the fall movie season. Um, and we each came up with two uh, with a top five list of what we want to see for the rest of the year. Um, so let's start with your number five.
1: So my number five is one that has a trailer out, but I actually haven't even watched it yet because I really don't need to. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure it'll come across my eyeballs at some point. But The Banshees of Inishiran, the new Martin McDonough film coming oh. October 21st. Uh it's his fourth film, I believe, and it reunites Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason. Uh also Barry Keoghan's in it. And uh it's premiering at Venice. Um and yeah, I mean Seven Psychopaths was my favorite movie the year it came out. Really? Um, I, yeah, I, I love that movie. Um I've actually only seen In Bruce once and I know it's like a big favorite amongst like people like us. Um I loved it at the time, but I'm really looking forward to revisiting it before this comes out. And then uh, Three Billboards, you know, I really loved it at the time. I know it doesn't really have that big of a, uh, you know, it had kind of a backlash after the awards and stuff like that. I I don't know how it would hold up given all of the uh, baggage, I guess, that it has at this point, but um, I really liked it at the time. And I love his other films, so I can't wait for this.
0: Interesting. With me, he, he runs hot and cold with me. I liked a lot of Seven Psychopaths, but, like, it's one of those it feels too extra.
1: Like, it mm, felt very, very extra. it
0: felt very college dorm roomy, like, um, not, I'm, and I don't want to besmirch uh, Seven Psychopaths by putting it in this class but like a Boondock Saints kind of movie. <laughs> where, like kind you, of fair. I you mean. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> one of those where like, oh, all, like all the, all, like all your bros, like, oh, dude, like so this movie rules and you watch it like as a, an adult later and you're like, mm, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. I wonder. I haven't watched it in a while. It's It's been on my rewatch list for, like, the longest time. I might just have to uh, marathon all these before this movie in
0: comes. In Bruges out. remains a masterpiece, and Colin yeah. Farrell deserved better. Um, with three billboards, though, that might have been the angriest my wife has ever been leaving a movie. Like, it was worth it for that. Like, we both were like, that's just where we're gonna leave it, huh? Like, really?
1: Three billboards is like a Last Jedi situation for me where I'm like walking to the car like, God, I loved that. And then I open up my phone and it's like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> hates this movie.
0: Like I wanted to like it. I watched it again. I'm like, okay, maybe it's my exp- my own expectations. And I'm like, no, this all doesn't work for me. Like I am not mad at Sam Rockwell's Oscar win because I love Sam Rockwell. And I'm like, I wish it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. And I wish, like, Francis McDormand hadn't won that over Saoirse, even though, like, I get it. Like, that's, like, as much of a force of nature performance as you can get. But I'm like, I wish they would have just, like, had seen Nomadland coming. Mm -hmm. That would have been the time. I just... It's one of those I can't – it doesn't work for me. It just feels very – it does feel very touristy. I'm like, have you been to America, sir?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm completely on board with the Francis McDormand win. But Sam Rockwell, on the other hand, I love him so much, but I feel like that was kind of a turning point where he hasn't done anything interesting since. And so that kind of uh, you know, puts a little damper on it, I feel like.
0: I know, and like I, even though I'm one of the like five people that la- actually like wife, I don't like that nomination. Yeah, sure. like you know what I mean. Like I get it. That's that's your uh, at your Halo nomination. Like you won last year, you get to, you were you're back in this year, and you're right. He really hasn't done anything interesting. I think the closest and even the the distant close is a uh, or distant uh, pick is like Troll's World Tour. Mm. I'm like, how did you get here? I'm like, you like he must have kids. Yeah. Sure. you know <laughs> but i mean i get it I, you know when you when you're oscar you're allowed to cash in it's totally it's defensible especially if you're you know a, a long timer like him
1: yeah absolutely. who's
0: been great in like almost everything or everything
1: yeah, he really has
0: I'm Trying to think, hold on i just want to see what's the last thing he did Oh the bad guy. I haven't seen the bad guys but I've heard good things.
1: Oh yeah, he, I mean he did a, a fine job. I mean, that's like a kind of middle of the road movie for me like sure. it, it was fine but uh, he he did a good job doing the voice work.
0: Oh, uh, you know what? I've been rude. We forgot he killed it as Bob Fosse and Fosse verdon
1: mm, I I didn't see that. Oh my god. Yeah, it's I
0: really good. See. Like especially like the last scene where they do uh, uh Paddy Chayeski's funeral, it's amazing.
1: Oh okay. Yeah. And I gotta then check that out.
0: I defend this one performance. I do defend um, him in Jojo Rabbit. I'm one of, again, one of five people that still like Jojo Rabbit.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I S- get similar backlash. I Free- get fours. it.
0: It's an I get it. I know. I understand why people don't like this, but I do kind of, and I like him in it a lot. He does a mm-hmm. lot of interesting shit. Yeah, <laughs> but no, the Martin McDonough one looks interesting. I know you haven't seen the trailer, and it's one of those. I watched it. I'm like, I don't know what this is about. I know there's like there's something else behind it but this looks very interesting. Yeah. Different gear for Colin Farrell a little bit.
1: I I'm down for anything. Colin Farrell does, honestly.
0: And it looks gorgeous. Like a lot of seaside shots. Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems like he's back in like Mark McDonough's back in like a, a going back to his roots kind of thing. Cause it's in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So it seems very much like in his wheelhouse and it seems very much perfect for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, my number five, it's still on here. It's allegedly premiering at Toronto. I think it's Netflix's *Wendell and Wild* from uh, from Henry Selleck. Okay, it's a stop motion movie with Key and Peele. I don't entirely know what it's about, but I also don't care because I they showed like thirty seconds of it on like a reel somewhere. I think like in May, and I'm like, oh, this, all right, this does look cool because like he did *Nightmare Before Christmas* and *James and the Giant PH, *Monkey Bone*, and um, *Coraline*. Yeah, and I'm like, and I know because he's so acoustic as a person that it's hard for him to get stuff going. Yeah. Like I think he burnt all his bridges at Leica. <laughs> probably which is incredible um and i'm just like i want to see what he does like i want to see if he still got it and you don't see a lot of stop motion anymore
1: yeah although this has been the year of stop motion in a way i mean we got mad god we got the house on netflix so it would definitely fit in in like a little mini renaissance if this does come out yeah,
0: and it's gonna make for if it's good, it this should make for one of the best like animated feature Oscar categories in mm. like the history of the the category. I think.
1: Yeah, that that would be interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, Selick has some really great stuff, so uh, I would I would certainly be down for that. And uh, stop motion is awesome, so
0: and it's really. Key and Peele back together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a whole another reason to be excited for that. Not so. since
0: Bunny and Ducky, they're back together.
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good pick i I, I am uh, I'm hopeful for that
0: all right what's your number four
1: number four is Empire of Light from Sam Mendes. uh he wrote and directed it it's coming December 9th hmm. it stars Olivia Coleman Toby Jones Colin Firth has a Thomas Newman score, premiering at Toronto. Uh, It appears to be a love story that takes place at an English cinema during the 80s. Um, I don't really know much about it, but movies set at movie theaters uh, are very exciting. (laughs) Uh, I just recently watched Cinema Paradiso for the first time, and that kind of reminded me of that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I I don't know much about it yet. But um, Sam Mendes, you know, hit and miss, you know, over the Mm -hmm. years, but his hits are awesome and so uh pretty excited about it
0: yeah he's he's crazy for a because he also like does a lot of theater which is kind of nuts um i want it i it looks good to me too um i'm hoping it's like more cinema paradiso and less The majestic like that would be that would be (laughs) like the the cautionary (laughs) um and it doesn't even seem like it's his roma uh, because there's you know that's been the trend lately Sure. But if it's about a movie theater, I'm in too. I love the cast. And he, you know, his highs are high his highs are great. And his yeah. floor is actually not that low when you think about it.
1: Yeah, no. Not like not if your worst
0: movie is away we go, that's not the worst thing in the
1: world. Not at all. Not at all. And Olivia Coleman, I mean, what has she done that's not good lately? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, that gives me every bit of hope for it.
0: Same. Uh let's see. My number four um is uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Right on. I it's This is one of those. like I I wasn't sure if it was going to come out because it just seemed like um, the world just was against that movie existing. Like whatever. I mean, obviously there was a tragic element to it. Then just other stuff just kept happening. I'm like, wow, this thing's cursed. But then the trailer showed at Comic-Con and I got to say, I'm like, this looks really good. Like yeah. the underwater photography for all the Namor stuff. I'm like, holy crap, Googler man. You did it! You sure, like did. That, this. Look... that trailer rules. It's I know, so yeah. and I'm like, you know what? Like, he might actually be able to land this plane, and this, and if he does, and even if he doesn't, he deserves like the biggest blank check ever. Yeah, just for just for the circumstances surrounding it. You know, yeah, very similar sure. to like James Wan landing the Furious Seven plane with everything that went on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- this actually is on my honorable mentions. Um, I you know. I'm obviously not the biggest Marvel guy, and as far as Marvel <laughs> movies go, Black Panther isn't like on the high end for me, it's more like middle tier. But, wow. um, it, it's you know, this trailer's fantastic, and just the wondering what's gonna happen with this movie after Chadwick Boseman's passing. Um, it, it's hard to not be uh, really interested in seeing what the hell happens with this movie. Um, But yeah, that trailer is fantastic, and uh, so definitely I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. What's your number three?
1: Number three I think was on your anticipated of 2022 movies list. It's The Fableman's. Yeah, There's, that's my number one still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and why shouldn't it be? I mean, it's Spielberg. He just, you know, he don't ever, you know, uh, bet against a Spielberg movie being interesting and uh, exciting and worth watching. Uh, co-written by Tony Kushner, mm-hmm. great cast, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen's in it. David um, Lynch. David – yeah, what the hell? That's, like, amazing. Um, Also, I think it's going to be John Williams' final score. Is that right? So he says. Yeah, so – uh, yeah, I mean semi autobiographical. I mean, maybe his Roma in a way, like you were just saying about the other one. But uh, it it sounds very, very interesting, being about filmmaking, you know, or about someone who wants to be a filmmaker. And again, it's Spielberg. How can you not be excited for it? Um, it's a limited release in November, and I think hopefully wide in November as well.
0: I think so. I think it's like, I think they're doing like the week before Thanksgiving thing where it's like mm-hmm. limited and then like maybe like Thanksgiving, whatever that last week in November or like the first week of December, yeah. it goes wide from what I've gathered. Like the test screenings have been fairly, very positive. Like it's very rousing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first Spielberg movie. I mean, they're all about him, but like the first one that's directly about him. Yeah. Like it's based on his gr- a childhood in Arizona um, with his, with his parents, like relation of marriage falling apart. And how he got his love uh, and how he escaped through his love of movies. I'm like, that's very intriguing that he'd get this personal. Like, it seems yeah. like, even though he's got obviously more movies in the tank, he's, it's like the, it feels like a culmination for him.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And
0: the fact that it's premiering at TIFF is a big deal because he never does that.
1: Yeah.
0: So it just release in December and everything will, everything will come down or it may.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm super psyched for it. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it just sounds like such a personal story from somebody who, you know, has just been part of all of our movie lives for so long. Like, they should be telling a personal story.
0: Yeah, and who better to talk about the love of movies than, you know, the guy who changed movies.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, my number three is Avatar 2.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A- another one, I'm like, very curious to see how James Cameron lands this plane after so long. And can he reinvent the wheel again with visual effects? Like the water stuff, I'm like, I want to see how this works. I'm a sucker for anything that takes place like water adjacent, especially yeah. if it's like in the uh, deep in the ocean. Sucker for it. And I'm like, if it, if everything was as immersive as it was in 2009, I can't imagine what they pulled off for, you know, 2022. Sure. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get a full-on trailer, what it's about, and you know, at D23, um, I guess, I assume. Um, and so we get an idea what it's about, but like I don't care. I want to see me back in this world. I forgot how much I missed it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's actually my number two. Um, so I, oh, wow. I'm right there with you. And, uh, you know, the most exciting thing is that ever since the trailer, like the teaser trailer came out, it seems like people have kind of stopped with their avatar had no cultural impact or mm-hmm. who even wants an avatar sequel bullshit. And it's like, you know, yeah, man, this it's Cameron, and it's freaking Avatar, one of the biggest movies of all time. How can you not be interested to see how he follows that up? Like, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it's got to be exciting as any kind of movie fan to see this movie. I just don't know how you could not be excited about it. And, of course, it has to be good because they're making four more of them. So, you know, all the stakes are on this thing, and by all means, there should be no reason why it won't be great. And, you know, Kate
0: Winslet's back. She's mm-hmm. playing a Navi. I mean, Sigourney Weaver's playing their daughter. Yep, like, uh, yep. Zoe Saldana and Sam Worthington's daughter, which I'm like, okay, yep. bring it on. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Lots of other people, too. Like, most of the cast returning, but lots of new cast. Like, it, it really feels like they're just going all in on it. Yeah, as
0: as well they should. I mean, you never bet against James Cameron, ever. Never,
1: never, ever.
0: I mean, they tried it with like T two, like that'll never work. He re reinvent, yeah, re- coming off of the abyss, he reinvented the wheel on visual effects. Yeah. Titanic, they're like you're gonna fail. I'm. This is a blunder. They wanted to fire him. Biggest movie of all time at that moment. And then takes 12 years off and brings out Avatar. Like who who could do that?
1: <laughs> you know what's funny? When the teaser first came out, I was like you know, it looks good, but it basically just looks like more Avatar. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, like, and it, it kind of went viral on Twitter, posted just, like, a little gif of just the scene of him, like, pulling a a rope in the water, and mm-hmm. just how freaking realistic it looked. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then I went back and rewatched it, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, they really did, like, up the game from the last one. And the last one already was, like, one of the biggest leaps in special effects ever. So... That that really kind of got me all re-excited all over again.
0: I know. I really can't wait to see the 3D on it because, holy crap.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, it'll feel like you're in the ocean, which, you know, no one else has been able to top since.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. What's your number two? Oh, wait, did um, I get my number get That my number is
1: two? my number two. So... Oh, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. All right. Well, my number two is um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, speaking of stop motion.
1: Sure. Another one to add to the list.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, it was the Megasasses coming over Labor Day weekend, and everyone was horrified by what Pinocchio looks like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't as horrified. I'm like, well, it doesn't look that creepy, I and mean, it just looks, you know, um, not Polar express but, like, a little Polar express
1: Yeah.
0: Like, the the eyes are kind of dead, but I'm like, well, that's exactly what I would imagine a uh, CGI Pinocchio would look like, I guess. <laughs> but... I,
1: I, I gotta say, like, these two Pinocchio movies, I... I I feel – even though it's Guillermo del Toro and there's no reason to think it won't be awesome, like, I'm. it's like – it's almost like Pinocchio Overload and I'm just like – I know. Well, I, there's I a know, third like, one
0: too somewhere.
1: Oh, that's, that's insane. I I'm, think. I'm just like I guess I'll end up seeing it. How could I not? But like I, I'm just – I haven't even been following it or anything
0: really. The, they release a trailer and I'm like, okay, this is what I want. Like this is like what he promised. Like it takes place in Mussolini's Italy. I'm like mm-hmm. that's something we don't get very often. Sure. Um, but I mean, like, and he does really well when he's up against like fascism, that's something he super hates. Um, it's not going to be, they're not, none of the songs are there. He's taking a lot of the characters out of it. So it's going to be a very different retelling, you know, and like the cricket's not called Jiminy cricket, like none of that stuff. It's more like a bare bones stop motion movie. And I want to see what his monster, the whale looks like, because mm-hmm. I mean, who better to do creature designs than Guillermo del Toro?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And Ewan McGregor seems like a good choice to do the voice for, uh, for Geppetta, or I mean, for the cricket.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great voice.
0: hmm Like, the trailer looked really cool. And I'm like, I it's again, I'm hoping he lands this, because he's been talking about this for almost 10 years now, it feels like, or close yeah. to it. Um, and it's, yeah, I'm a sucker for Guillermo del Toro. Like, I really dig Doug Knight Morale. I know a lot of people didn't. but I, time-
1: I, I, I was mixed on it. Like, I, I really liked a lot of things about it. Um, mm-hmm. just felt like it was just kind of way too long that
0: I would agree that I would agree I would have balanced it a little bit more but I really liked what everybody was doing yeah like Defoe was amazing
1: oh yeah of course
0: like holy crap and then I'm like it it didn't occur to me where it was going like I just um with Defoe's speech, I'm like, oh, I should have known that's where Cooper is going to end up. But I'm like, oh no,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Kate Blanchett was terrific. I really liked. I really liked the cast in it. Tony Collette,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the production designs are great. But yes, I do agree. It was probably 15 minutes too long.
1: Yeah, I go 30 minutes, but they anyway.
0: 15 to 30. No, I know. 15, <laughs> like 15, 30, give or take. I would have cut down the carnival stuff a little. Like, by a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, once you get, like, three or four cons, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, me <laughs> but, keep uh, lunch it a little sooner.
1: Yeah, but either way, I mean, it's still Guillermo del Toro, and the style is, like, ridiculously amazing. And so there's no reason to think that this Pinocchio is not going to be more of that just awesome style.
0: Yeah, it won't be the Zemeckis one, which, uh, you know, I'll watch. I mean, it's Zemeckis, cause, and I'm always hopeful he'll have his fastball back a little bit. Mm. But I'm not optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to be. I want to see what Hanks is going to do, because if he did what he did with Elvis, oh, let's see what he does with Geppetto.
1: <laughs> Hanks is, uh, he he's having a moment right now. I, I would love to see him do more of this weird stuff.
0: And I think he will. I mean, Lord only knows what he's going to look like in the Wes Anderson movie.
1: Oh, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> All right, well, my number one's The Fableman. So what you got?
1: Number 1, let's go from The Whale and Pinocchio to Darren Aronofsky's The Whale.
0: I know that was uh, my last cut. I'm like, I just cuz I haven't seen a trailer for it. Like I yeah. that's I'm super hyped for it, but I'm like, I want to see a trailer first.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's not every day that a filmmaker who you love puts out a new movie and it becomes your new favorite movie by that filmmaker. And that's what happened with Mother a few years ago. Wow. Back. And so I am just so my expectations are through the roof on this and, you know, hopefully I can lower him down just a little bit because that's kind of hard to match, but Brendan Fraser, who doesn't love Brendan Fraser, and to have him back playing this insane role as a 600 pound man, who's kind of eating himself to death and uh, trying to reconnect with his daughter. I know it's based on a, a stage play, I believe. Yeah, um, it's a play. Also, also stars Sadie Sink and Samantha Morton, uh, it's premiering at Venice. There's no release date, no trailer, nothing like that. Just some stills. Uh, I know there are some, uh, you know, circles of Twitter and TikTok who are already mad at this movie, calling it fatphobic and problematic and stuff. And it's like, you know, I guess, but it's there's a story being told here. It sounds really interesting. Aronofsky is absolutely one of my favorite filmmakers, and I just cannot wait for this and I mean either and because of the stage play like it's gonna be
0: um not a laid back Aronofsky but like a more chill Aronofsky and more like a wrestler sure Where it's not I'm not gonna overwhelm you with style yeah which can happen with him sometimes like the fountain like I'm not a huge fountain guy mm-hmm. but you know what I mean like when he goes way to like hey look how look how cool I am right. then I'm like oh this will be a very intimate story and yeah I'm on the Brendan Fraser train um, for me, like, I know he hasn't been in a lot of movies, but like, to me, he never left. Cause like I watched in patrol.
1: Mm. Yeah. I never <laughs> which, did watch that. So. I,
0: I, which again, it's I get it. Cause it's very weird. Like it's a, your mileage may vary, mm-hmm. but he's very good on it. Yeah. Like he plays, like he was a race car driver in the eighties. Like, you know, um, cocaine, uh, cocaine, alcohol gets in an accident. Um, and he gets his brain put into a giant robot. He's sort of your audience surrogate for the first season because every time like they run into they encounter something weird, he just yells, "What the fuck!" <laughs> just in a in a way that you can hear Brendan Fraser do. Yeah, and he I wants re- to totally wants to reconnect with his daughter, who he obviously hadn't seen since the accident, and and he's been in a was in like a coma for like twenty years. Mm-hmm. So she's already a grown up, and like he does a lot to atone for. So there's a lot, yeah, they give him a lot to do with that. Yeah. And just he's in the body of a robot. Occasionally, they will do flashbacks to him like get his NASCAR days, but like it's a really interesting character. And I'm like, see, he never left. We just we just aren't paying attention.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember this... him in uh, the Affair. He was in like season four or five of the Affair, playing yeah. total. War. and he
0: did that weird Danny Boyle um, Getty show, like the one that came out like right after All the Money in the World.
1: Okay, do you remember that? Yeah. With I think
0: Hillary Swank was in it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still, never watched it, but I remember it coming I. out, like, right after the movie, so.
0: mm mm-hmm. and he was good in, um, oh, crap, what's the Soderbergh movie? Um, no Sudden Move.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, he has a nice little part in there, you're like, okay, cool, he's coming back, and he's in Killers of the Flower Moon next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and of course, rest in peace, Batgirl.
0: But no, oh, yeah. I know like, that just seems like a huge blown opportunity because, like, at the very least, like if like uh, the whale hits at at Venice, you could be like, oh, hey, you know, we got the Brendan Fraser momentum going because that's gonna be the story if it hits. Yeah, is Brendan Fraser coming uh, coming for an Oscar? You know, industry favorite for a long time. You know, went through a lot of stuff and uh, came out on the other side. I mean, if you have, and he's the villain in your Batgirl movie that's coming on over Christmas on HBO Max, like, the a slam dunk. Yeah. Same thing with getting, in. yeah, same thing with one more season, because like, Doom Patrol might get canceled. So, if, like, I would just write it for one more season, it's like, hey, see, he's on this show that we've had forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Don't call it a comeback. We've had him. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the Sadie Sink part of it is very fascinating to me, because I've liked her on Stranger Things, but this season she leveled up. I don't know if you're a Stranger Things guy.
1: I, I haven't watched it since season 2 so oh, Okay.
0: 3 is cool. 3 is worth your time. Like just the Maya Hawk of it is like is enough to get you in. Mm-hmm. Um I get it. Season 2 is, like a, a come down season for sure, but for season 4 they give Sadie sink a lot to do. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, wow. Okay. Like this this person's like a real actor." Yeah. Like instead of just being like angry teen girl, like they gave her a lot to do and a lot of the season rides on her. Okay. And she's fantastic. So I'm like, "Okay, this is my this is my um uh, whatchamacallit, this is my proof that she's going to be something in the whale. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a, it's a media part from what I've gathered, obviously, cause it's mostly a two-hander.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So she's got the goods and I'm really excited for her. And I think she might even get nominated for it. If like, if the whale hits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I, I'm excited to see what she does. Cause yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a very big part.
0: Mm Hmm, and good for her because again, like just the because she became like the big part of the summer with the Dear Billy episode where she's talking to her brother at the grave, and then there's the whole Kate Bush resurgence that's tied to her. It's very interesting, like just kind of cruise through season four a little bit just to get an idea of like what she's been asked to do. Because like, oh, all right, you're in an Aronofsky movie, perfect. (laughs) Um, what are your honorable mentions?
1: So I did have Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in my honorable mentions. My other one that I'm really looking forward to, but it's like such a dark and heavy movie that I didn't really think <laughs> it was fun enough to put on my list. Uh, and uh, it's Women Talking, the new set. Oh, movie. that's on my honorable mentions too. Really? Nice. Yeah. I mean, what a freaking cast. Frances McDormand, Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, and Ben Whishaw. Um, like I said, incredibly dark and heavy subject matter about these women uh, from a Mennonite community who escape after there's sexual abuse in the community. Um, it, it's going to be dark and heavy. And my wife is obsessed with these kind of communities. She watches a lot of like reality shows about these things. And so mm. uh, I'm sure she's uh, very going to be very psyched for this one. So uh, yeah, it, it should be an interesting movie. And it's her
0: first, it's Polly's first directorial effort. And since, since take this waltz, is that right?
1: That sounds about right. Yeah. It's been a while
0: which is all the all the more reason to get excited cuz she's a terrific director. Yeah. Like honestly, like um what she did Iris and take this Waltz. Um she did something else too, right?
1: Um... Blinking. Hang
0: on. I know cuz and she doesn't act anymore obviously, but like I really she's one of those like I really want to see where her directing career goes. Cuz she's definitely got some like got a lot to say and is very good visually. Yeah. Hold on. Is a director. She did eight episodes of something called "Hey Lady," two story. Oh, stories we tell in 2012. That's her last movie. Okay. Which is it? Oh, which was a documentary. Okay.
1: Yeah, away from her is what I always think of when I think of her. But.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my bad. She didn't do Irish. She started in it. Away from her is the one I was thinking of. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah Polly. But no, that looks really good. And like again, the, the dynamite cast, and then that, and that subject matter. Uh, sign me up. Like, Francis McDormand as someone going through trauma? Oh, yeah.
1: There you go. That's all I like, need.
0: She can definitely play in that wheelhouse. Yeah. Um. Did you have any other ones?
1: Um. I mean, I had a list here. I didn't really, like, write anything down about them, but I mean, Blondes, I'm very curious about mm-hmm. um, the uh the Marilyn Monroe film. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that will be very interesting. Um, Bones and All will be very interesting. Which one's Bones and All? That's the new one uh from the uh Call Me by Your Name
0: director. Oh Luca know
1: Yeah, with Timothy Chalamet and uh I guess Babylon. I mean
0: Yeah. You know, uh, that's yeah. the that's one of those that's like that's like the um the big domino that needs to fall. Like I haven't seen anything for it. The cast is really interesting. Yeah. Um and obviously Chazelle rules. Yeah but like yeah. I, I haven't seen anything for it. I know everyone's like, Well, this is Margot Robbie's Oscar. You just watch. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. So again, sign me up for that, but like, I want to see something from it because I don't entirely know what it's about. Yeah, I know just an old Hollywood movie, which cool. That's in his that's in his wheelhouse for sure. sure. but I yeah, I need to just see more. That, exactly. That- but that was on my honorable mentions because I'm very curious about it, and it should come out at the end of this year. Like, it seems like that's the big December release.
1: I think that's going to be one of those Christmas limited releases that ends up, like, coming out in, like, February or something in wide release. And mm-hmm. then you have to wait forever to see unless you get invited to a critics thing or something. Right.
0: Like, I think it's premiering at AFI. That's mm-hmm. what I've – that's the rumor I've heard. Like, that's, like, the perfect place for it because it's, you know, it's in L.A.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, also, my honorable mentions, I had Disney Strange Worlds. Or Strange World.
1: Oh, yeah, that looks really cool, yeah.
0: I know! I'm like, cool, it's a, it's a movie with weird, strange creatures. Sign me up, I like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know because if Turning Red doesn't qualify for the Oscars, like, that's their Oscar play because Lightyear didn't do what they wanted it to do, even though I did sure. actually liked Lightyear more than most. Yeah. Like, it was solid, like, you know, I, I it's, a, it's a shrug, that was good, and then I'm probably not gonna watch it again.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, I think, uh, Turning Red was the better movie, but, um, you know, it was fine, though. Uh, Lightyear.
0: Darn Bob Chapek Should have just put it journey around in the theaters. He would have cleaned yeah. up. Absolutely. Like, are you kidding me? oi um, I'm trying to think. Did I have anything else on my list? Um, let's see. Because we, we talked about the whale. We talked about the Fablemans. I'll uh,
1: throw Pearl in there. The uh, the prequel to X. Yes! That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I, it was filmed back to back.
0: I really liked X like X was cool it's one of those I rented it at like 10 o'clock at night I'm like I know this is I know what this is about I've heard people liked it I'm like oh yeah this is riveting yeah (laughs) this is neat
1: here's a question Mm -hmm. what are we thinking about Amsterdam
0: (sighs) oh I know, um, I know
1: you're not allowed to like David O. Russell on film Twitter, but, you know, well. what, what are we thinking?
0: Here? So, okay, as someone who um, soured on American Hustle really quick, because that's one of those movies I've, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys got to see this. You guys got to see this. Like, it's so funny. And then you watch it again, you're like, oh, um, it definitely seems like the David O. Russell movie thing where like, everything could fall apart very quickly. Everyone seems to be doing a lot. Mm hmm. Like, especially Christian Bale, but everyone seems to be like doing a lot of business. And I'm very concerned that it could fall apart um, under the weight of all of that. Yeah. yeah. And it seems based on the fact, I know it's, pre- I think it's premiering at uh, Telluride or one of those. Mm-hmm. But I, from what I've gathered, like it's kind of going to be a dump movie.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm not sure if that's true, but like, we're, like word on film Twitter, and like take that for what it's worth. Obviously, yeah. is that the studio doesn't have that much confidence in it either, so it'll be released in October, and come what may, but we're not going to push it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, if it's good, fine. I'll you know that's fine. I can accept good work from bad people. It's not. It's not hard to do. Yeah. But I, I it agree. just it just seems like he's back in American Hustle mode, and I'm not sure if that's a good place for him.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, it sucks because some of his movies I love so much. But, I know, but yeah, it definitely the last couple were not great, and uh, you know, it's it's hard to defend.
0: <laughs> Is there anything else you're looking forward to, TV show wise, movie wise that you can think of?
1: Oh man, um, I mean, what's Ar- uh, Armageddon time? Is that what it's called? The James Gray?
0: Oh movie? yeah, that yeah, was a that yeah, that was yeah, at Sundance.
1: Yeah, that I mean, that should be interesting. Um, that's his Roma. yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, that that one, uh, what else is there? Are there any other like blockbustery type movies? I no,
0: you're, you're, I mean, you got Black Adam, which, eh, um, yeah, that is right, you, yeah. I mean, Halloween Ends, which for that's yeah. not for me, I'm not a huge Michael Myers guy,
1: yeah, me neither.
0: Like, I can't, I mean, but legally, that is a blockbuster that should be huge. Mm -hmm. uh then you got wakanda forever strange world then i think the only blockbuster in december is avatar because it was supposed to be shazam too which would have made my list Mm -hmm. but warner's like nope we don't want any of that we're clearing the clearing the way for cameron yeah um but yeah i don't think there are any real major blockbusters at the end of the year which is very strange hmm like everyone just kind of like decided to go to 23 like john wick went to 23 Mm -hmm. shazam and aquaman went to 23 um and i don't even i don't even know if there's really any big like blockbuster tv shit well there'll be a few Uh, actually no wow it's pretty uh it's pretty bleak uh blockbuster wise which is very strange
1: yeah very weird Will we will we hear anything more about Disappointment Boulevard before the end of the year? No,
0: they like already that? said that's going to be a can for next year.
1: Oh, they did. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah, I think in the like, it was like one of those like came and went news stories but they're like, "Oh yeah, it's not done." Like it's yeah, okay. it's that's going to be it's going to be premiering at Cannes <laughs> along with uh Killers of the Flower Moon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, you know, whatever, I guess that happens. Yeah. Like 23 is going to be a super stacked year, but we'll talk about that later. Damn it! Now I'm trying to think. Is there another? No, because Black Adam is the last big Warner blockbuster, and then Wakanda Forever and Avatar Two. Wow!
1: You know what wow. else looks good? It, it, I think it's past the cutoff here for what we're considering fall, but uh, The Woman King. With yes,
0: no, no, that counts. That's legal. It comes out yeah. next month. That counts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That
1: looks that looks really good. That looks uh, like just like a big, you know, a big epic that like I want to see on the big screen for sure.
0: Mm-hmm, and I'm, I'm really liking uh, Gina Prince-Blythewood's uh, action career. Yeah. um, Like, her Netflix movie was pretty solid, and I want to see what she, what she does with, you know, more, but with a bigger budget and Viola Davis. Yeah. Like, good, please, there's another one. Sign me up. Yeah. All right, well, where can the good people find you, Dave?
1: Oh, they can find Piecing It Together wherever they listen to podcasts, and, of course, follow me on social media at PiecingPod. I'm on Twitter constantly.
0: <laughs> you and me both. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm I'm. I'm sure I'll have you on at the end of the year to talk about what we're looking forward to 2023. Yes. And exactly. I'm sure if Flowers of the Moon isn't the number one on our list, Oppenheimer is.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those two.
0: <laughs> Although Barbie, don't sleep on Barbie. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you for doing this. You have a wonderful rest of your summer.